And hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Martinis Muscat, episode uh, 181, I believe, coming to you today from beautiful Miami, uh, South Beach, at the, the deck of my room at the Ritz Carlton Hotel. Can you see the. Uh, can't see the ocean. I can't see the ocean either. There's too many palm trees in the way. I'm here for a conference. I've been here all week. Um, I got in Monday night, heading to Denver uh, later today, and then back to Calgary, Canada on Saturday, I guess. But I've been here for a conference on uh, mergers and acquisitions, so an M&A symposium. And uh, I was invited. I was on a panel. Uh, yesterday, we should get the full content out to you on the Martinez Muscat channel at some point. That's usually part of my my gig when I uh, come to speak. I ask that I can get a copy of the of the uh, content so that I can post it for you, so you can see what's going on. Uh, but the panel that I was on yesterday, uh, with some just really really great uh, panelists. I, I think they're all American. They're all U.S. The top of their game for mid market uh, M and A. Also for corporate finance, there were some ABL lenders, asset-based lenders, uh, uh, largely groups were out of Chicago and a couple out of New York, but the panel was on what's the deal with deals. So the idea of that panel discussion was how has the pandemic impact deal-making if you're an entrepreneur, if you're running a mid-market business, if you're running a smaller business and you're looking to get a financing done if you're looking to buy a company, uh, sell a company, sell a division, do some sort of corporate transaction, how have you been impacted by that? And of course, the the um, so I share with my thoughts to you, uh, thoughts with you today uh, from that from that uh, panel discussion that I was on. But you know, it's it would have been a really interesting question about a year ago when things were a mess and lockdown. And um, I've shared with you on the Kings with Scott channel that I. I purchased uh, Navani Stainless during that, and then we purchased uh, ATIP Innovations uh, that we closed on just October 1st past. So we've been doing deals during the pandemic, and there are definitely some things that are different. Here's my some things that are different from normal times. If you're looking to do a transaction, it's good for you to know that. So my, my three lists were uh, number one, deal infrastructure, and then number two, valuation, and number three, what I call the soft side of uh, the psychology of doing a transaction. So let's just go over each one of those quickly. Because it's so loud today, I know the audio is terrible. I couldn't find a place to shoot this for you. Um, it's just going to be short. I just wanted to give you my notes, but I did want to say hi to you uh, and, and get you uh, get you a show in. So number one was deal infrastructure. And the idea here is that if you're, if you're doing a deal, let's say you're doing some of the transactions that I have described to you on the Martinis with Scott channel, you're buying a, a business like we did for, um, we bought the business of the former Canwall uh, group in, in Canada, which is a tier one, tier two automotive uh, supplier. And so now that's called Ekip Innovations. We bought it out of receivership. It had been in bankruptcy protection for a year, a bunch of litigation, and uh, it goes into receivership. Uh, what do you need in terms of infrastructure, in terms of professionals, to get that deal done. You need an asset-based lender that's willing to, that has people, that has staff, uh, and a credit committee, and underwriters, people who do diligence. So they have to be staffed. Uh, they have a hard time traveling to the locations. Not so much today, but if you think back a year ago, it was a disaster. If you're getting an asset-based loan, you need appraisers, you need auditors, you need field auditors, 
you need uh, actually a couple different types of appraisers, one for equipment, one for inventory. You need uh, corporate lawyers, you need uh, finance lawyers, loan lawyers, you need insolvency lawyers in this particular instance. And that's just off the top of my head. There's a host of professionals that you need, and every one of those things, uh, of those professionals and the tasks that they have to do to get that organized, it just takes two, three times longer than you think it should. It's two, three times more expensive than you think it ought to be, at least. Um, and things just drag out. And then when you actually get the deal done, when you've sold your company or you've bought a company uh, or you've got your financing, now you've got to you got to actually have the staff to go and digest that acquisition in this case, and and do the turnaround in the case of, of the work that I do. And so everything is just dragged out. And yeah. I don't think that that is a, a lasting a problem as we come out of the pandemic. And I know that many jurisdictions are not out of the pandemic. They're renewing lockdowns and, uh, uh, and they have all sorts of problems. I just happen to be tainted here with my beautiful Miami South Beach where everybody is free and not wearing a mask. It's just the craziest feeling if you come from Canada. Uh, so God bless them. Uh, so that was my point number one. It was a deal infrastructure. I think that entire issue will normalize but it hasn't normalized yet if you're working in multiple jurisdictions if you've got a deal that's going on in a bunch of different countries you know you got to be aware of, of what that's like and can you travel um, we've had all sorts of problems at kip innovations with people trying to come in from foreign jurisdictions and they couldn't get through border control didn't have the right vaccines and this and that the other thing so you need to be aware of all that all right valuation business valuation so you're trying to you're thinking about selling your business, you're thinking about buying your business, you're thinking about bringing in a partner, and you're dealing with valuation. Now, I want you to remember that value, what is value, okay? And I don't mean market value, really, what you trade a stock for today or your latest Bitcoin pricing. <clears throat> I mean actual intrinsic value. What is a business worth? What is an asset worth? And the answer is, it is mathematically worth the amount of money that you can put into your pocket as an owner from that business in the future, not the past, in the future, how much money can you put into your pocket discounted for time? In other words, $100 today is worth more than $100 a year from now, particularly in a significantly inflated environment, right? So uh, discounted for time and discounted for risk. Those are the two things, that's what value is. So point being, it's 100% forward looking. So if you want to buy a business that has just come out of a global pandemic and has been significantly underwater, it's been shut down for periods of time, it's, it's uh, experiencing supply chain problems, and you're looking at the historical financial statements as a guide to a multiple of EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization, you're looking at it as a guide, well, maybe that's just crap because maybe that's got nothing to do with what this business could be generating in the future. But on the other hand, how do you know what it can generate in the future? Will it rebound to the pre-pandemic uh, earnings and cash flow, which is what valuation needs to be built on? There was someone on a panel, different panel for me yesterday, and they were talking about the health healthcare industry very intelligently, and they're saying, you know, back before the, the pandemic, it was, it was 11 times, it was 11X, that was the lingo. And the 11X means that the valuation based on an EBITDA, uh, so not net profit, but you know, close to net profit, it's the profit before the interest on your debt and the profit before the amortization of your fixed assets, 
um, <clears throat> you know, was 11x. So 11 times that. Just take the number, multiply it times 11. It's more complicated than that, but we don't need to go into that today. Look up other quick shots on the Marquis and Scott channel. You'll see how to do an EBITDA valuation. So, you know, the fellow says it's, uh, he's a New York uh, investment banker, says it's 11x. It's now it's crazy. Now it's, like it's 20x. It's 20x. How can you pay 20x? But nowhere do we ever address 20 times what? 20 times what was the EBITDA the same today or last year as it was two years ago, pre-pandemic? Of course not. Of course it's not. And so you have these valuation uh, just gaps, right? And by the way, it can go the other way. You run one of my companies, um, and I mean, this is not good uh, foresight on my part, not because I'm some sort of rock star, but we just so happen to be in industries that actually fare really well during COVID. So I'm just pure luck, just bullshit luck on that. But we uh, were performing pretty well during COVID, plus we're getting government support in, which for a while my accountants were putting into uh, putting them in his credits on the on the income statement, which means actually like a more profitable than I really am because we get government support. It turns out every company was doing that at the beginning. I should sell my business. If that's sustainable, I should sell my business. Would you buy it? Would you buy it for a multiple of what I've been earning during COVID because I happen to be, my business happens to be in the home improvement sector, which uh, skyrocketed? I mean, you'd be a fool to do that. Who knows if it's sustainable, right? Who knows if it's sustainable? So valuations are a big issue um, in, in the pandemic environment. Um, you don't know if it's way overstated. You don't know if it's way understated. What are you going to do about it? Well, you need to create creative structures. You need to have burnouts. You need to have uh, different types of structures that allow the purchase price to change over time, even post the deal allow the purchase price to be adjusted based on the reality. Maybe maybe this industry just continues to be a rock star industry for the next two, three years. Maybe it normalizes out. Maybe this service industry, which has been dead, maybe it stays dead forever. Or maybe a year from now, that brand, that brand rebounds back to where it ought to be and there's a significant amount of value in there. So you need to come up with flexible ways to adjust your purchase price based on the future reality that you don't know today. And then my third point was the, uh, always my favorite, the psychology, the soft side of this, and what I'm always talking about on the Martini Scott, the Scott channel is positivity, is positivity. How do you, I've talked to you about Novani Stainless. Uh, we bought that company in June, 2020. Equip Innovations out of the Canwell bankruptcy mess was another example. But at Novandi Stainless, this was a company that was down in revenue 60% before the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic hit. And it wasn't, you know, 100% and then one day it was 60. It was just grinding down for years. Its margins were bad. It um, hadn't paid its uh, government remittance withholding taxes, which are a serious issue. The bank was going to close it down. They told it to the receivers on the highway going up there to the plant right now to take it over. That was one of, one of the negotiations that I had going on. And uh, uh, what else? There was labor shortages. Uh, they were shut down for COVID. I did that. Anyways, this is a whole litany of things that most people that are looking to buy a business, they would look at that and say, well, I, I just can't. I don't even understand those risks. I can't quantify those risks. But that happens to me to be what I do for a living. So I could look at that with a positive mindset, 
with a, a positive confirmation bias to go, yeah, I mean, I, in the world of insolvency, the world of turnarounds, the world of restructuring, I'm going to be able to figure that out. That's what positivity is. For me, I put up a, a math formula for positivity on Instagram. I don't recall if I've done it on Martinez or Scott, but I've said, I've said positivity is not delusion. It doesn't equal delusion. Positivity is reality plus a self-belief. You believe that you can deal with the reality plus hard work. Just work your ass off, right? So you acknowledge the reality of the problems that you have. You have your belief, your self-belief, a self-confidence that you can deal with it. Then you work your ass off to get it done. That's how I've defined positivity. <laughs> and you have to be able to have that. And, and, and But during the pandemic, I mean, it's just... Even for me, there's risks that come out of these transactions that I just never even thought of. I just didn't even know that that was a possibility. Uh, and supply chain would be one of them. We were, everybody knows about supply chain today. We heard it on the news. But I'm telling you, six months ago, nine months ago, this wasn't an issue. No one told me we were just going to run out of steel in the world and have to shut down our operating plant for roughly five weeks. Nobody told me that. I didn't plan for that. That wasn't my business model. That wasn't in my cash flow models. <clears throat> okay. And so to be able to do the transaction, <clears throat> there's things that are going to happen. There are things that are going to happen in your deal that you didn't count on. Okay. And that's the type of thing that was on in a in a global pandemic. And the same issue with a kid. We're going to have a lot of problems right now. And so. And the commodity there is rubber because we make sealing systems for automotive. And so these risks come at you, these problems come at you, and you, if you walk into them without confidence, if you walk into a deal without confidence, if you come to it with a frame of negativity, which breeds fear, which breeds paralysis, you'll never do a deal. You'll just never do a deal. If you're on the investment banking side, you're trying to sell a deal, you're not going to sell a deal. You have to find a way to bring positivity into your thinking, to have a confidence that you can you can mitigate, you can bring fence against a catastrophic event that you always want to do in business, but you still take a risk. You still double down on yourself and take a risk and try to get the deal done. Those were just some notes from my participation on the panel. Uh, I didn't get to say much of that. It was uh, it was uh, four of us up there, some pretty impressive uh, fellows, and it was about 30 minutes long. So there wasn't a lot to talk about, um, but I wanted to share that with you. And when I get the uh, M&A Symposium in full, the content, I'll get it up here in the Martinez Scott channel. I'm going to the beach. What are you doing today? Thanks for listening.